Good morning, friends. Welcome to our morning worship online and on site on the campus of the United Methodist Church, Westlake Village, for October 11th, Sunday, the 11th of October. It is good to see you and so glad that you are joining with us. We've, we've got a good number of people joining us online, and I'm so thankful that this is uh, a good, effective kind of worship service, and I thank our tech staff for making that possible. It's a good way to worship God and not potentially compromise your health. Yet if you are not among the vulnerable population and can follow our, our physical distancing uh, rules and mask wearing protocols, you are more than welcome to come down and be a part of the on-site worshiping congregation. Just pre-register your desire on the link on our website and uh, or call the office and the ladies there will be more than helpful to help you to uh, get registered. Some quick reminders. Today is our blessing of the pets at five o'clock. If you have a pet that you want a special annual blessing to, you are welcome to drive by. Uh, Barb, that applies to you and all. I don't know how many cats you've got in your house at this moment, but you can bring them all down and and reach. (laughs) Rachel will will help you with that. it's, it's a great tradition that we started some years ago, and I'm glad to, to note that Rachel is continuing that on. So you're invited just to come on into the parking lot, and it will be a drive-through, and, and she will extend the blessing on your animals. Uh, also, we've been, we've been spending a lot of Sundays talking about uh, changing our lifestyle and, and thinking about vices and virtues and talking about using this opportunity to step into a little bit of a new normal for you. I'm wondering whether anybody is taking that opportunity. I I am hoping that people are. And so I want to invite you uh, to take a look at a notice. It it went out on Friday, and it will go out again tonight and another time, I think, or two. Uh, Some notices about inviting you to submit a a five-second to a 30-second a little vignette, a little video. You can use your phone and, and just uh, uh, video yourself and then send it. Uh, you can send it to Rachel through a text message or email, but she'd prefer a Dropbox, and, and there's a listing there for a Dropbox on this little advertisement. Send us a little uh, vignette of, of how you've taken advantage of this uh, change of pace that the pandemic has provided you. You know that Rachel and I have been talking about this as an opportunity to become a better self rather than just a terrible time to live through in which we crank and crank and crank and finally get out of it and go back to how life was beforehand. Uh, We're hoping that we will create a new normal for ourselves that will be better and healthier for us. So so let's egg each each other on with uh, a little bit of a witness as to what we're doing. Um, I'm hoping that we'll get some, and I will include these then in my sermon on, uh, on the 25th, I think it is, whatever that last Sunday of October is. Uh, I'll have these in a part of the sermon. So if it sounds like something that you can help me and Rachel with, um, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, life proceeds on, and we know that we are at our best in negotiating its challenges and appreciating its blessings if we are spiritually open to God and intentionally seeking God's inspiration and support throughout our days. God is our resource for this and every day. So let's take a breath. Let's relax into the presence of the spirit that is within us and among us and worship the God of love and life, whom we experience through Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior.
Our Psalter reading this morning comes from Psalm 106, verses 1 through 5 and 47 through 48. Praise the Lord, O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Who can utter the mighty doings of the Lord or declare all of his praise? Happy are those who observe justice, who do righteousness at all times. Remember me, O Lord, when you show favor to your people. Help me when you deliver them, that I may see the prosperity of your chosen ones, that I may rejoice in the gladness of your nation, that I may glory in your heritage. Save us, O Lord, our God, and gather us from among the nations, that we may give thanks to your holy name and glory in your praise. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting, and let all of the people say amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Now is the time in our worship service where I talk directly to our children. If you are at home, I invite you to come gather around your screens so that we can see, or well, you can see me, I can't see you because you're not here, but I love you and I want you to know how special you are to the congregation and how valued you are as a part of our community. Over the last week, we've been talking in our Sunday school classes um, about God creating people so that we could be partners in bringing about God's kingdom. And you guys had the opportunity to make something beautiful for us. And I think up on the screen right now is a picture of four of our children who have made beautiful flowers out of construction paper to help bring some beauty to our world. I would love to see more of these pictures. and. Oh my goodness, I have a picture that I need to share with you guys and remind me next week, James, because I know that you sent me a beautiful leaf person that I meant to send to my husband to put on the screen, and I apologize. So James, if you're watching, I know you sent it to me, and it is beautiful, and everyone will see it soon, okay? All right. So I love when we do things to bring beauty to creation, and something beautiful happened here yesterday that I want to make sure that you know about as children of the church and the rest of the church knows about. We had the opportunity to confirm our four confirmands yesterday. Jack, Jack, Jay, and Sam were gathered here in this place, and we honored the work that they did to learn about their faith, to make a stand and a statement proclaiming God as their own, and making an agreement to work to make the world a better place. And it was beautiful. Do we have their images up on the screen? I hope you can see them. All of them were confirmed. It was a beautiful day and a beautiful opportunity for us to do something. These are kids who were just like you, who grew up in the church, who said, I want to learn, who went to Sunday school and made the commitment to make beauty and be partners with God. I hope that you see these kids who are a little bit older than you and go, this is something that I look forward to doing, that I have the opportunity to make this happen. And it is such a great gift, and I hope that you guys will celebrate the time when it is your opportunity to do this as well. Will you guys join me in prayer? Dear God, thank you for today. Thank you for tomorrow. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for creating us. Thank you for the invitation to be your partner. We look forward to making beautiful things with you. Amen.
Will you join me in a moment of prayer? Awesome and almighty God, we give thanks for this day, for the sun shining on us, for the wind blowing around us, and the ways in which your spirit stirs us into living out our lives of faith with you. As this day we look at wrath and patience, help us to evaluate those places within our own souls where we get angry and irritable and intolerant of the things that are going on around us. Give us a heart of knowing what is righteous anger and what is, what's the opposite of righteous anger, God? You know what I'm talking about. An anger that just percolates from a place that does no good in bringing about your kingdom. Allow us to embrace patience and kindness, seeing the ways in which your spirit is guiding us and directing us, giving us opportunities, just like our confirmands who had to wait five extra months to be confirmed, but then had the opportunity to celebrate because they were patient in a way that honored them, that honored their faith partners, that honored their family, and was was able to bring back their teacher, John, as well. We give you thanks for the ways in which you continue to guide us and direct us, opening new possibilities and continuing to give us the message to be patient. It'll come, maybe not right away, but eventually. Be patient, my child. We give you thanks for the ways in which you continue to work around us, giving us hope and promise for the days ahead. As a church community, we lift up the prayers for the following people. We join with Dee and Dave Crawford, who ask for prayers for Norm Tardif, uh, who is a cancer survivor who now has a very bad case of shingles. Oh Lord, hear our prayer. We lift up prayers for Jim Lawson and his family at the loss of his 97-year-old cousin. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We lift up prayers for Kathy Drake in her last week of rehab. Be with her that she feels comfortable and competent in going home. Be with Ken, Jordan, and the rest of their family as they train to be support people for Kathy. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We join with Kathy in lifting up prayers for Danielle, who is scheduled for surgery, the same Kathy we were just talking about, Lord, who is scheduled for surgery on Wednesday to remove a tissue sarcoma from her abdomen. Oh, Lord, hear our prayers. We lift up prayers for all of those who are impacted by COVID-19. We ask for renewal of health, for medical care and treatment, for the caregivers, for everyone who is experiencing employment struggles, and so much more. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. And we're so thankful for joys. We are so thankful for the confirmation that did take place here yesterday and for the lives of Jack, Jack, Jay, and Sam and the ways in which they are living out their faith already and speaking truth. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We give you thanks for everyone who made it possible for taking a day, for taking a Saturday to allow for technology for work, for people who, who made the, for Marty Poling who made the crosses, for Phil Severance who went over to Marty's house and retrieved the crosses since Marty's out of town, and for everyone else who went above and beyond to make this day possible. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. And as we talked about John Gentry being back with us for the confirmation, we celebrate with John and Cordy that they are expecting a baby in March. Be with them, walk with them on this journey and let them know that they are loved. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. And we celebrate the day Crawford is doing well after his surgery and is back at outside worship. We are so glad that you're here, Dave, and we're so glad that you are recovering well. Oh, Lord, hear our prayers. We say all of this, lifting up the prayer that God taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, 
but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We now take a moment to receive our mission moment from Lynn Dockin, which will appear on your screens. When the earth rocks, Encore rolls. Good morning, I'm Lynn Dockin, and John and I have these shirts as reminders of the week we spent volunteering at the Encore West Depot in Salt Lake City with extended family. Last year, the Ridgecrest quake damaged the Trona UMC and Encore rolled in. We've had no recent damaging earthquakes locally, but our world has certainly been rocked by some significant disasters including the Thomas Hill and Woolsey fires. And UMCOR was here too. California conferences were awarded grants totaling over one and a half million dollars in response to fires in 17 and 18 for response and recovery ministries. UMCOR training and consultation is ongoing. Now, many places in California and throughout the West are ablaze again and UMCOR has already rolled in. To say nothing of hurricanes, tornadoes, typhoons, and floods throughout the U.S. and its territories, where UMCOR is expecting, by the way, that recovery from Hurricane Laura may take up to four years, and volunteers will be there for that whole time. According to the website, when responding to a disaster in the United States, UMCOR provides training, financial assistance, expertise, community collaboration to churches and their partners, making them more resilient to disasters. The goal is preparedness, and it is local churches that provide the first response to their communities. Encore provides solidarity grants to conferences immediately following such disasters, as they have already done in the West. They also train and organize volunteers an experience in which numerous members of our congregation have participated. Volunteers staff disaster relief centers, train as early response teams, and go in for the hands-on cleanup and rebuilding when it is safe to do so. After fires, the need is for wildfire buckets and financial donations. As we all know, when an area is devastated by a natural disaster, the local economy also takes a major hit. So UMCOR has recently implemented a policy both globally and in the U.S. to purchase supplies, materials, and human support needs locally as much as possible to infuse funds into the community. Four conferences in the West have been affected by wildfires recently, with responses of course complicated by COVID-19. CalPAC's donation site says, Gifts help our Disaster Response Task Force to resource, train, and equip volunteer teams and churches. UMCOR's U.S. Disaster Response is currently providing support for disaster response and recovery throughout the United States. Please consider making a contribution to this month's Mission Moment. UMCOR was here when our world was rocked, and we can help ensure UMCOR will be able to assist our brothers and sisters when the stability of their world is threatened. Encore, first in, last out. Oh 
reading is from Colossians chapter 3 verses 8 through 10 and Ephesians chapter 4 verses 31 and 32. But now you must get rid of all such things, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have stripped off the old self with its practices and have clothed yourselves with a new self, which is being renewed in knowledge according to the image of its creator. Put away from you all bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander, together with all malice, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ has forgiven you. Lord, we pray with one accord for a just and equal sharing of the things that earth affords to a life of love in action. Help us rise and pledge our word. Help us rise and pledge our word. You, Creator God, have written your great name on humankind for our growing in your likeness. Bring the life of Christ to mind. That by our response and service, earth its destiny may find. Earth its destiny may find. We're continuing on with our sermon series of looking at some of the classical vices and virtues, qualities that, that shape our character. I'm thinking of character as that aggregate of features and traits that form uh, a person's nature. Forms it to the good or, or to the bad, and then the expression of that character uh, affects the well-being of our soul. And so we're claiming some moral language that's a little unfamiliar to us now here in this new millennium, but we're trying to reintroduce to our thinking not just vices and virtues, but sin, redemption, salvation, grace, mercy. Language that we used to banter around a lot in religious circles and have now found uh, ourselves fairly silent in using as we think about our relationships with one another and in society. 
we've been recognizing in this time of pandemic that perhaps we were too externally orientated in judging whether we are doing well, whether we're being successful as a creature of God on this planet. And the pandemic has gotten us to be thinking that perhaps there are, there are more things internal to us by which we should be judging how uh, successful we are in being a child of God. And so we approach the topic of soul and character and vices and virtues as a very practical way of thinking about the kind of person we want to be and the kind of world we want to be in. So we've talked about sexuality and consumption and possessions and resources and labor and our attitude towards others. We've been talking about the vices and the virtues that relate to those uh, categories of concern for us. Today we talk about the vice of wrath and the virtue of patience, both applying to the venting and the controlling of our anger. Which strikes me as uh, fairly important these days. Did you pay attention to the news, how somebody shot somebody else in Denver yesterday because the other person uh, pepper sprayed uh, the other person. We are, we are getting to a place of, of uh, disintegration. And perhaps letting vices be more dominant in our lives than virtues. But I guess yesterday's happenstance had something to do with anger and how we express or control it. We have two scripture passages for us this morning that orientate us to the topic of managing aggressive emotions. Both passages remind us that as we come to full faith in God through Christ Jesus, a transformation starts within us that shapes our spirit in a certain way. We become what Paul says is a new creation, a person with a new set of inclinations and aspirations, qualities and behavioral goals. We're clear on this, are we not? We're clear that when we give ourselves over to the Lord and Savior of love and life, that we are to become different than we were before. In theological language, we talk about justification by faith, atonement, we talk about all sorts of things. I wanna boil it down to our attitudes, our words, and our behaviors. We do agree, do we not? that they are to be different in that Jesus sits at the center of our lives. In Colossians, the language is stripped of the old self in practices and clothed with the new self. In Ephesians, the believer is counseled to put away the attitudes and behaviors that are harmful and divisive. To put away, what did I say? What did the author of Ephesians say? To put away attitudes and behaviors that are harmful and divisive. Yikes. And to take on ones that are more noble. To my mind and to the biblical witness, this is the journey of discipleship. It's what we enter when we become people of faith. 
we attempt with the Spirit's help, yes, we need that Spirit's help, to reshape ourselves into better people, to develop more fully into the person God would have us be, to build a good and a strong character that is centered upon certain virtues. Both scripture passages mention attitudes and behaviors to be avoided now that we profess Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Slander, abusive language, words of malice, lying, bitterness, wrangling, all of these ought not to find expression from the mouth of a believer. Yet we know it happens, don't we? It's prevalent these days and its prevalence does not justify it, especially when it is intentional. So now I am making the assumption that we are not intentionally choosing to behave in these unadmirable and non-Christian ways. We would not, would we? We would not allow ourselves to choose to behave these ways. Yet, honestly, we find ourselves, don't we, on occasion being tempted by our anger and managing our anger poorly. We're not always at our best, that's true. And there are times when anger gets the better of us and we utter things that that later we regret we all agree we should be better people and we would be if we could control our anger the greatest and most common regret of the person giving to angry outbursts is that anger is most often let loose among the ones we love. In the home, our home, that is supposed to be the nursery of love and peace. That's supposed to be the training ground for building good and healthy relationships with others. We practice it at home so we can be it outside of our home with our neighbors. In our home, we, we set a goal for ourselves uh, implicitly to, to learn how to control our emotions so that we do not harm or damage our loved ones. And as Christians, we see that as the place by which, in which we learn what love of neighbor actually means when we walk out the door. Getting a handle on this is important for ourselves, for our family, and as we are seeing, for our community, for our world. The vice of wrath, who uses the word wrath nowadays? The, the vice of wrath is defined as great anger. So just have that in your mind, the vice of great anger. That which spurns love and that which opts for fury. Now, we've got to recognize that the emotion of anger in itself is not a bad thing. In fact, it is a good thing. Anger mobilizes us to protect ourselves, to repel wrongs, to, to right an injustice. That comes from this emotion of, of anger. Indeed, it's considered to be a sin, to be silent in the face of unrighteousness, or to not respond to someone's words or behaviors that harm or denigrate others. That we think, we Christians, that that is sinful. Tolerating bad behavior is not the pathway to personal holiness or a good society. So we speak of righteous anger 
Rachel made mention of that in her prayer. Righteous anger or holy indignation as examples of good anger. Yet the author of Ephesians writes, in your anger, do not sin. And I guess that is the, the key for us. Our concern is to manage the emotion of anger in an appropriate way. We want to not let it get the better of us so we say or we do something that is wrong or is harmful making the situation worse rather than better. So anger is sinful by excess. The emotional response needs to be proportional to the offense, you might say. Hatred and revenge rob the emotional of any of its goodness. And clearly, anger becomes sinful when it vents itself in ways that are unlawful. Venting anger in acts of of violence or inflicting great emotional harm on a person is not what we are asked to do, is not what God hopes we would do. Letting anger propel you into a cascade of profanity, well, that's not what's hoped for. Typically, when we get to that place, we're taking the Lord's name in vain. Yet quite honestly, probably for most of us, the form of anger most to be guarded against is temper. Since most common form of anger expression is just to get cranky and be temperamental and to vent and vent and vent, maybe in little ways of uh, to those around us. Allowing the chronic disposition of anger to be our temperament. So we would say a swift temper is to be controlled, not to be permitted. And when you think about it, anger really is the triumph of our lower nature, you might say, over our higher a triumph of the beast over the angel. Would you word it that way? We want to to learn how to rise above it, controlling our emotion rather than seemingly to be controlled by our emotions. Pride and selfishness are usually the culprits that lead to wrongfully expressed anger. Our sense of our own merits and rights, well, those usually are far in excess of our sense of the corresponding claims of others. And hence arises the strife. So getting ourselves into proper perspective and proper proportion would be a key to helping us to manage the temptation towards temper or anger. Recognizing the value of another person's take on things or another person's position of view on things would be a key. And then recognizing that you actually are the agent of your life, that you are in control of your emotions, or at least you should be, and the other person doesn't make you mad. It's you who, in response to whatever that stimulus is, allows yourself to be mad. You are the author of your emotions. 
Now, the traditional antidote to the, the vice of anger, of wrath, is the virtue of patience. How does that work? How does the virtue of patience actually work here? Patience is the ability to delay, to accept over some time some trouble and suffering without anger or, or being upset. I too often find my way of dealing with anger is indifference. I try to stop caring about uh, the person or what the situation is that's making me angry by turning away from the affection or the connection or the interest. I try to get myself to let my anger go since you usually don't get angry about things you don't care about. Now, you may recognize in my saying of this that that's not a very healthy way of dealing with anger. Not a very mature way of dealing with anger, especially when that anger is engendered within important relationships or about important issues that God would have you attend to. Feigning indifference is not a good way to manage one's anger. Now, perhaps that resonates with you or you see in yourself an anger management style that is different but also is not very healthy or useful. Classically, patience has been identified as the virtue to push back against and to alter the course of one's anger. When we become patient in our relationships, we ratchet down the intensity of our interaction. We seek a more balanced and, and centered approach we take time to figure out what is happening here. Why is it occurring? And what would be a helpful way through this situation? That is why so often we hear the advice of taking a deep breath and counting to 10 or to 20 before responding. It's a way of forcing upon yourself the opportunity of gaining some perspective, of seeking some patience. Another help is, is frankly much more religiously grounded and it's calling on the spirit to be your helper in the circumstance you're finding yourself. A quick appeal to God at the first sense of that, of that fire raising inside of yourself is helpful. And then to redirect the focus and let some of that emotion dissipate as you are there in the presence of the Spirit. Calling on Christ to help you manage yourself and to lead you forward in the interaction or the situation is a key help in any of these circumstances that we've been talking about. Lord, guide me toward the virtue and away from the vice in any of these things would be the right prayer. It's the right prayer in this one. And it takes some work. Because oftentimes when you fly into anger, all of a sudden that type of thinking is beyond your ability to, to locate. That's why your first response needs to be the partnership with God rather than the afterthought. As the circumstance grows and you sense in your mindfulness about yourself that you're getting uncomfortable, that your temper is starting to flare a little bit, that you're starting to get angry. Your mindfulness gives you the opportunity to then turn to God and seek 
the Spirit's presence to help you be patient, to understand what is happening. Take a beat as anger arises within and turn your focus to Christ who is present with you all the time. Invite Christ to assist you in dealing with the situation, in understanding why there is this tension, why there are these feelings over which you seem to be getting angry now. We strengthen our good character by bringing a virtue to bear against a vice. And many times it takes practice and practice and practice. For many people given over to anger, this is crucial to not give up on themselves. And if necessary, to seek professional help. Striving again and again and again to gain control, to find the methods to gain control of their emotions and then manage the moment. And I would say to you, just think of Jesus and all that he went through. The betrayal, trials, the beatings, the humiliation, the crucifixion. Think of the martyrs, all of the emotions that must have been a part of that experience for them. We are far from that place in our lives. Think of the dear souls down the block and around the corner who have been carrying a cross of which you might not have been aware. Yet they are doing it with grace. Jesus kept himself in that spirit place. Which a life that is centered on love knows. Know that place. Be that person of love and go there when your emotions start to get the better of you. Jesus knew that place. So can we. So do we. And we can go to that place. We can live in that place by our choosing, by our attentiveness and our intention. The more we embody Christ's loving spirit within us, and seek to become the person that Christ knows that we can be, the more we can do this. So call upon the Lord as needed in this and ask Christ Jesus to, to help you in a very practical way to affect your emotions, your temper with his patience and godliness. It is the course to a better life. And I invite you all to make it your new normal. Amen. As we set course to a better life, we remember that we are the authors of our own emotion and that we are invited to call upon the Lord to give us guidance, to give us support, to help us reach that point of patience that we look for. 
we have the opportunity to say thank you to a God who truly is with us through every single situation that we go through. And for that, we offer our appreciation. We have the opportunity to show that appreciation by presenting our tithes, gifts, and offering to the Lord. If you are here in person and you have not placed your offering in the offering plate, you can do so on your way out. If you are worshiping with us online, you can go to our website or mail in your gifts to the church so that we can continue to serve God and partner with God in making this world a better place. Don't forget that you also have the opportunity to give to UMCOR and the Mission Moment this month. Thank you, Jenny. Thank you all for helping to make uh, this worship on site and then online uh, a meaningful experience to our members and our friends. It's so, it's so good. We are so glad that you have joined us for worship today. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. It's good to uplift our vision to the heights and our feelings to the depths to think how how life could be if we all chose to be our better selves for the good of ourselves yeah yeah of course for the good of our families and for the good of our community and world Jesus' command to love your neighbor as yourself, well, you know, in that statement is the key to building a healthy home, a blessed community, the peaceable kingdom. Let's make that simple mantra our personal mantra for ourselves, for our families, for all of our dear ones that surround us. Especially this week. Let's practice it this week. Let us intentionally have it shape our thought and our words and our deeds. And if we need to count to 10 to make that possible on occasion, count to 20. Do what's necessary. So that surely, without a doubt, without a doubt, people would know that you are a follower of Christ.
by your love of neighbor and your love of God. Stay healthy. Be safe. And know that you are loved. Amen.